0: Taylor, let's catch up. The Super Bowl is waving goodbye. That's it.
1: It's over. I'm, I'm a half of a human. I'm a shell of a human right now. I have to agree with you. My voice has sound be- sounded better. It sounded worse. I have to agree with you. Vegas is the perfect spot for the Super Bowl. It is the only place that I think just seamlessly handled as many people that Super Bowl brings. The hotels are close by to each other. All the events were relatively close. Yes, it took 25 minutes to get 0.2 miles, but if it really did get that bad, then you can just walk, just take those heels off and walk. Um, what a blast, what a great city for the Super Bowl and what an exciting game.
0: Well, that's for sure. Well, let's just quickly go to your point. now that Now that I was sort of getting you geared up for the Super Bowl in Las Vegas, right? I had said, Taylor, the Super Bowl does not need to be in another city ever again. I and 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 I was overselling. You hadn't. I, I
1: definitely took years years off my life. <laughs> Absolutely,
0: and that's gonna happen. But you know, Taylor, you know, in a world where we we are around people all week who essentially are paid to complain. That's. I mean, in many ways, right? I mean, I mean, in in a world of, of sports entertainment, people are paid to praise incredible feats of greatness and also to complain when things go wrong And a Super Bowl week usually brings out those complaints. Well, it's tough to get around here. There's not enough hotels. The restaurant was packed. Las Vegas didn't even sneeze at how difficult it is to put on a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's like Las Vegas was ready to say, OK, we got the Super Bowl on Sunday and we've got 15 conventions on Monday. What's next? What's on Tuesday? It just the city didn't flinch. I'm so glad that you experienced it that way, the same way that I did. You just got that sense that this is no big deal. We got this. And, and by the way, Taylor, the stadium is also unbelievable. The stadium, Oh, it's
1: my favorite stadium in the league. I've told you that.
0: It's just a gorgeous stadium. I, I call it the Super Bowl space shuttle. If you were designing a Super Bowl spaceship, that's what it would look like. It's beautiful with the video screen. And it was just, I'm glad that the game, lived up to what we had said about what the city was providing in regards to a Super Bowl atmosphere. Not to mention Taylor, the sphere itself. How awesome to see right after the game, the Chiefs being commemorating as champions on the sphere
1: lighting the city. No, it was really cool. It was really, really neat. But let's dive into the game. Let's do Takeaways. I just have one thing that I need to get off my chest.
0: Please, Please do, please.
1: I wake up this morning. I finally got sleep after I think going okay. sleepless for a couple of nights. Um and the only thing going through my mind after, you know, I'm reading the news is seeing Kyle check. and a few of the other 49ers players saying, "I didn't even know what the overtime rules were." I didn't really know exactly what they were. And then you look at the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and all the Chiefs players saying, "Oh yeah, we knew exactly what the deal was." We had been practicing it all week. So this this says two things to me. This says that Andy Reid, heck of a coach. We already knew this. Yes, But it also really brings up the point of we all talk about Kyle Shanahan being one of the best offensive masterminds in the league, one of the best coaches. He's well-respected by a lot of the players as the best coach in the league. And I, I don't disagree. He gets his players and his team to the big game. He's always got them in contention. Last year, they should have gone to the Super Bowl, but they had a few quarterbacks go down. Um, they're making the playoffs every year. He's one of the best coaches. But this is the second time, and you made a good point, even possibly the third time, that in the big game, in the most important game, in the Super Bowl, he's come up short whether it was 21-3 blowing the lead when he yeah. was the yeah, coordinator in Atlanta 28, 28. the Falcons. Yeah, 28-3. Yeah, 28-3. And in Atlanta and amongst Falcons fans, he's known as the coach that's responsible for blowing the Falcons' Super Bowl. Now, this year, and again, I'm not putting this all on Kyle Shannon. I'm not saying well, this is the only reason that they lost the game. Taylor,
0: but you're, you're bringing a up a good point.
1: it's a huge issue. Like, it's an issue.
0: It's an issue to hear that, to hear that from players. And of course, that's something that comes directly from coaching because to think about the other side, Andy Reid, that you are practicing something all week as opposed to players suggesting that the overtime rule was strange to them. Now, let's say a couple of things. You said that Kyle Shanahan is one of the best offensive coaches. The numbers would actually back up that Kyle Shanahan, when you look at what his offenses do per play and even per game, it's actually the best in the history of the game, which is incredibly impressive so please we will give him his flowers for that what you are saying though, 100% is, but but you're bringing up a good point 28 to 3 with the Falcons as the offensive coordinator up on Patrick Mahomes 10 points in the fourth quarter with Jimmy Garoppolo as his quarterback with the Niners four years ago in Miami when we were when we were hanging out And he there. was
1: up 10 points again up this 10 year points
0: There and then again up 10 nothing in the first half of this game against the Chiefs now I'll say this. I I really want to go to the overtime point because it's an interesting one that you made about being prepared and understanding. I remember Taylor, and this is a long time ago. This is actually the 2007 season when Donovan McNabb admitted after an Eagles game and remember who his coach was, but McNabb admitted after an Eagles game, they had tied the Bengals Taylor and McNabb didn't realize that the game wasn't going to a second overtime. This was in the regular season. And it ended in a tie because at the end of the first overtime, neither team had scored. And McNabb thought, oh, we're just going to to double overtime. So funny enough, Andy Reid was his coach, obviously, then. And Donovan said, I didn't know the rules. And now the Chiefs are suggesting that they practice this all week. Now, what's interesting there is maybe that's true. Maybe Andy realized even in that moment, you know what? Sometimes you really got to hit things over the top to drill home that
1: point. Yeah. And I also think that, look, another point that we made even just talking about this before we jumped on the podcast was panic the word oh. panic should be like the theme of the chief seasons they never pressed panic they never yeah. pressed panic when they played the bills they never pressed panic when they went on the road for the first wild card weekend of playoffs they never pressed panic when they played the ravens and you look at the other teams the ravens press panic the bills press panic the just stayed even keel they played their game just because they were under duress under pressure they didn't change up their formula of what they were good at
0: taylor it's so amazing that you say that let's look back first of all they didn't get the number one seed, so they were going to have to play on wild card weekend okay they hosted that game and it was freezing cold which people you know which could have affected them and instead their defense demolished what everyone considered the best offense in football this season in the Dolphins. So, no panic about having to play an extra game. You know, they were the one seed a year prior and went to the Super Bowl. This season, they were going to have to play an extra game. No panic. They hosted that game. Then, as you mentioned, their first road playoff game with this bunch with Mahomes on the road in Buffalo. No panic. We got it to a team they lost to in the regular season, right? But no big deal. We got that. And then, to your point, no panic in a game against the Ravens. The Ravens were clearly the best team of the regular season by a long shot. Actually, the Ravens had beaten 10 teams that were over 500 and destroyed the best teams in the NFC, including the lions and the Niners. So there was no panic there. And then in a super bowl trailing by 10 in a game, Taylor, the Chiefs scored no points in the first half in the first quarter and three points in the first half, no panic whatsoever whether it's Andy Reid whether it's Mahomes whether it's Kelsey whether it's Chris Jones and I know I know Kelsey said something at halftime I know the players had spoken to the team the night before but there's clearly no panic all around for that team and you said it and that comes down to coaching I will say one other thing though Taylor in regards to Kyle Shanahan and the players and understanding overtime or not I thought Shanahan made a great point at the end of the game about taking the ball first in overtime let me know how you feel about this Taylor So when you take the ball first in overtime, obviously your opponent then knows what you did on offense to know what we have to do to beat you, right? In other words, if you only score a field goal, then we know we can beat you with a touchdown. If you score a touchdown, we know we need a touchdown to tie the game and extend it, right? Right. But Shannon's explanation was we're going to take the ball first because if we kick a field goal and if we hold. The Chiefs to a field goal, then the game is sudden death in our hands. Next score wins. So there okay. was
1: yeah, I see what you're saying. Absolutely.
0: Interesting strategy. So I like that. So in his mind, he had it all mapped out. But to your point about use check, maybe that wasn't something that was really instilled in the players. Maybe that wasn't something that was communicated in that way. And that is the difference. We all, you know, we all we 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 commented many times on the Malcolm Butler play Mm -hmm. in the school against the Seahawks. And Malcolm Butler says, yeah, we went over that in practice a ton.
1: They did. I will say the 49ers did a really good job of keeping Kelsey pretty, I mean, non-existent for the majority of the game. I think he had one huge play. It was a big play, but they did a great job of that. Um, What what do you think about Travis Kelsey yelling at Andy Reid on the (laughs) sidelines? What was that?
0: A couple things. So first of all, when you look at what Kelsey did in the second half of the game, it was, he, he, I mean, he came a lot. Second half, first half completely hemmed in. And then the fourth quarter in overtime. Yeah. Complete difference maker, right? I mean, just totally to see what, what happened there. So, would Kelsey, so after the fumble, after the Pacheco fumble in the red zone, Kelsey wasn't on the field for that play. And he runs up to Andy Reid and he's yelling and it's seemingly telling him, you gotta have me in there. You gotta have me in the game in that situation. And he's so upset. Now, In the moment, Taylor, it looked like something that was happening for the first time. But to hear both Travis and Andy Reid after the game laughing at how that's the relationship and that's what happens all the time.
1: Would they be laughing had they lost?
0: Definitely not. I do think they'd have a similar answer, though. And that's back to my point, your point, I should say, because you used the word panic. Back to my point about panic, even if they had lost that game, I think that both Travis and Andy would have had that answer. I think that relationship is rock solid. And I think that relationship could have even withstood a Super Bowl loss in overtime. And they both in that moment, I think would have been smart enough, even without confirming with one another could have had that same answer that this is just, this is just the passionate plea in the moment to be on the field when it matters most when we're in the red zone. And I think that's okay. I think that kind of passion is okay, and and maybe, maybe I'm maybe I'm biased. You know, I trust when AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts are yelling at each other, I trust that they are.
1: Yeah, but did you see what
0: for a I long time? But I mean, who
1: tweeted it? If I ever coach, um, if I ever yelled at my player or my coach like that, I would be, you know, kicked out of the game, kicked yes. off the team.
0: Well, remember that AJ Green. I, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Do you remember, though, when Jimmy Johnson admitted that he had players who were, let's say they were second string players on the defense or special teamers, fall asleep in a meeting, and he cut that player. Yet if Troy Aikman was sleeping in the meeting, he would walk up and tap Troy Aikman on the shoulder to wake him up. There's a difference, and there can be a difference there with somebody yelling at Andy Reid or Travis Kelsey yelling at Andy Reid. I mean, that's, totally. like,
1: that's a good right? point. I mean,
0: These are essentially two Hall of Famers having a conversation. That's different. And two Hall of Famers having a conversation in a Super Bowl, which, by the way, they've both been in multiple times. Yes, Andy Reid has an, an extra Super Bowl appearance on top of Travis Kelsey. He had one against the, the Patriots in 2004 when he was the Eagles head coach. Yes, of course. But overall, I think that because of the win, Taylor, it simply drives home. I agree. I agree.
1: Group,
0: that this group is just on the same page. I mean, that's the point ultimately that you were making to start this up, which
1: is. And I do think there's something to be said for the heat of the moment, being in a game, emotions are high. They're probably feel like they're on equal footing. Um, and they are. Yeah. And I they just are. think, look, the, the way and it might have just been a situation where the camera got it at the worst possible. Yes. Yes, facial expression, and it looked heated, and it looked probably worse than it really was. But I'm sure it was heat the moment. Well, and
0: Taylor, again, you know, we say no panic, but if you go back to look at Patrick Mahomes' expression, let's call it his out, and let's call it, it's an outburst. Let's go back to Patrick Mahomes' outburst after the Kelsey lateral to Tony was called back for offsides in the regular season against the Bills, a play that. A play that clearly wins them that game, and a play that's that's taken off for. I mean, he was he was offsides. Tony was upsides, but Mahomes just couldn't believe that the play was called in that moment, and he was so upset. And we could say for any other team that that kind of emotion is undisciplined or it's an unraveling. But when you look at the entirety of the season, which of course includes the Super Bowl plus an extra quarter. Now you say the totality of what happened this season is a team that gets it, shows their emotions when they need to, and shows up in the biggest moments in the calmest way and makes it happen. Taylor, it's almost as if, was there a moment in that game where you were convinced the chiefs were going to lose it? No, you know, Moody kicks the field goal to put the Niners up three, under two minutes, but I believe Mahomes got the ball with a minute forty left. So there and was. We all
1: know that's more than enough time,
0: especially needing a field goal, right? I mean, not only only down three. I, I don't think the Moody missed extra point played much of a factor in the game. I don't. I mean, you know, I, I, again to to my point, I mean, I think the Chiefs could have scored in regulation if, if it came down to it. If they didn't have the option to tie the game there, they could have won it in regulation also. There was no doubt. There was no doubt that that was happening. In fact, the only time I thought, okay, maybe it's not going to go the Chiefs' way, on third down in overtime, when the Chiefs had stopped Purdy and there was the defensive holding call, which was the it was it was it was the hook, yeah, you know, yeah, no, thing, right? totally. So that I thought the Niners were coming off the field with no points at that at that time, and instead. That drive was extended and the Niners did kick the field goal. And I'm just thinking, you know what? Maybe that's going to play a major factor here. And the Chiefs are not going to win this game. But once the Chiefs got the ball down three, it just felt 100%. It, it just felt inevitable. It really did. And
1: earlier this season, earlier this season, you and I like posed the question, like, are the Chiefs a dynasty? And I said, yeah, like they, I don't know if they're fully the Patriots yet they have now solidified themselves as the dynasty of this generation. They are yeah.
0: the old Patriots. And here's why, because when you look back, you know what the most impressive statistic is going to be? Well, the most, the most solidified
1: three out of the last four years.
0: That's a good one. But when you look back at the, patriots back. And the similarities, it's the straight appearances in the championship game. Also Taylor, Yeah. because that's also impressive. And And again, when you, when you're talking about consecutive years, first of all, Winning the Super Bowl back to back, as we've seen, is very difficult. Hadn't happened in 20 years, but now the Chiefs had done it, and that's it was the Patriots 0304 who had done it. But it was the six straight appearances in the AFC Championship game that said to me, they're already here. Had they lost that AFC championship, I still would be okay with saying this is a dynasty team that is showing up every year. Because to get to the championship game, Taylor, you're not always the one seed, first of all. You don't always get the bye. And so you've got to win one or two playoff games to get there and to do it, to show up. I mean, think about it. Just making the playoffs in the NFL, that's difficult. So much goes wrong. I mean, yes, the Browns got there this year despite losing their quarterback, but think about it. Injuries happen every year. Something minor can go wrong to throw you off course. So to me, it's the AFC Championship game appearances, which tells me this team is poised for the moment. And then, of course, as you just said, 3 Super Bowl championships in this run. It's just it's it's done. That's it. And the one Super Bowl loss to Tom Brady and the Bucs in a year where where many would say the Chiefs offensive line was littered with injuries. It they're here. I mean, they're not the Patriots because it's going to take a few more of these, but it sure feels like they're going to be right there, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
0: It just I mean, it, and now it's going to be harder. I, I, You know what? It's going to happen. You and I are going to have a moment, Taylor, in about 10 months. You
1: know, what? I'm, 10 I'm, you know what I'm rooting for, Sam? And I know this may shock you. I'm rooting for the 12-year cycle for the Ravens next year. It needs to happen in New Orleans. The last time that they played in the Super yes. Bowl was 2012, and it was in New Orleans. And I think that they're going to make it back there next year.
0: Well, I would sign up for an AFC Championship rematch. I'll tell you that much. I would sign up to see Chiefs and Ravens yet again. I love Lamar versus Mahomes. That's my favorite. You know, if we're we're playing fantasy football, just fantasy of things we want to see. If I could sign up for Lamar versus Mahomes, it's definitely the number one matchup I want to see in the AFC every year. And in the NFC, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't gone far enough to say, you know, quarterback wise who it would be, but I, I enjoy Lamar versus Mahomes more than Allen versus Mahomes. Actually. I do. I just, I, I love what that is from a talent perspective, those are my two quarterbacks to see on the same field. That's just, that's mm-hmm. it. So I, I will sign up for that. So if you're rooting for that, I understand it. But what I was going to say quickly, Taylor is 10 months from now, you and I are going to be talking about what we want to, you know, things that we want to say on the pod here for let's catch up. And we're gonna be, we're gonna say out loud to one another. Well, you know, God, the Chiefs—they don't look the same. I just wonder if they can get back <laughs> here. And I hope that we'll be having deja
1: vu next year. I
0: hope you stop me and laugh at me if I say that. I just hope you stop and say, Sam, we we can't say it. We we just can't say it. We we, we can't just can't say, do it this year. We can't convince ourselves that we can ask the question realistically. Is something wrong with the Chiefs? There, there's
1: a formula. <laughs> Fair enough, right? There's just a fake on that right now.
0: Done. That's it. I, I, I'm committing to that, Taylor. We're just we, we're not worried. That's just it. If if they're not panicked, if the players aren't panicked, if Andy's not panicked, if Spagnolo's not panicked, you and I are not going to panic. Okay, you and I are not going to panic. It's just
1: Fair they're going to be where
0: they got to be. That's it. They know. Oh, they, they,
1: that just made me sad. That means that are we done for the season? I'll tell Maybe everybody. we throw in a few combine and draft episodes. We
0: will, and we will find reasons to discuss with one another. We will, but we absolutely will. I can't wait. In fact, that's it. Just just set it on your calendar. You call me and we'll make it happen. You know that. But what a season, capped by an incredible run. And, and there's that small place in my heart that roots for Andy Reid. If he's playing anyone than the Eagles. And I and I do enjoy that there's a level of greatness yet again, Taylor, in the league that everyone has to strive for. I like that when it's less random. I like when there's clearly someone out there that you're saying can. you want to take down. Yes. Can we be that good? That's great. All right, Taylor, we will absolutely catch up so, so soon.